You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. But we thought tonight, none better than get the coach and the captain of those two oh, fantastic yeah. years, 97-98. It is to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the 97 Premiership. And Mark Bickley joins us. Bix, thanks for your time. How are you going? Um, really well, David. Hi, Malcolm. How are you? You had a good um, three days? Uh, it was uh, outstanding, David. Um, just, uh, you know, like, because we're, you know, 25 years is a long time and people sort of drift in different directions and are all at different stages of life and, and uh, for people to be able to make their way back and, you know, get as many as we could back together, it was just fantastic. And, you know, Sean Wren came from... Byron Bay and Goody came back on his way from Perth, you know, after the game on Friday night. We had Andrew Eccles who travelled and Shane Ellen's on the Gold Coast now, I think, and he was yeah. back there amongst others. So just all those people that, that made the effort to get back. And then there's lots of people uh, who just through the circles you're mixing, you don't bump into all that regularly. And, you know, blokes like uh, Aaron Keating and, and James Tyson are two guys that I don't see a lot of. So to spend some time with those boys again was was great as well. Not to mention, you know, the own, your own circle of friends who you do spend yeah. a bit of time with more regularly. Isn't it funny, Bix, you hear the same stories, you've heard them a hundred times over and you still tell them and you laugh just as loud when you hear them. <laughs> well, they get better as you get older, <laughs> as you know, David. But uh, oh, look, there's a couple of things I think that comes out of it and that is that... Um, You know, we don't often stop and reflect, you know, like that's, we're in a world that sort of keeps on moving and and we don't sort of just stand still and look back and just taking that time, I'm sure you would have felt it as well, Matthew, you get this great sense of achievement that this is bloody hard to do and you need a lot of things to go right, you need a lot of sort of things to be aligned and, and, uh, and you need, you know, a great bunch of blokes, you need to be able to work hard, you need to have a bit of skill and uh, and we, we had all of that. And so when that all comes together and you do achieve something, it, it, it's definitely worth celebrating. And unfortunately for Adelaide fans, um, haven't been able to replicate it since. So, um, you know, that's uh, not something that we would choose to have happen, but at the same time, it just means, you know, it's pretty special. Yeah, it certainly is. Mark, if, I don't know, uh, I can't remember you spoke about this when you were asked on uh, Friday night at the, uh, the function. Uh, 97 compared to 98... Mm. Just your thoughts on 97 as a skipper of the team and then, then to do it again in 98. Just the differences in the two. Yeah, I think I mentioned on Friday night how the first of anything is is really special because no one's ever done it. So no, you don't know what to expect. And, you, and, and so that was really special. I think as a player as well, um, and you, you would have lived through this after going from Woodville to North Melbourne, you know, for us at that stage... After a couple of down years in 94, 95, 96, there was that sort of nagging feeling, am I going to be a player who goes through his career and doesn't win a premiership? So when you're, you're able to win one and it sort of gets that monkey off your back, that's a fantastic feeling as well. So that was 
that was, you know, spectacular and great. And there was a little element of relief in there from my perspective. And then the unknown sort of was after that, which was the the coming back to South Australia and seeing the reception. It was the the parade down King William Street and, and all those great things that went with that that we just couldn't have envisaged were going to happen. So that was that aspect of it. And then I think in 98, the, um, there was still a, a bit of a... Uh, a feeling around that we won, I think, 13 or 14 games in 97. And perhaps we came up against St Kilda, who hadn't had a whole lot of experience in finals and that we might have just got the right team at the right time and been a little bit lucky. But in 98, we played North Melbourne, who were one of the powerhouses of the 90s in terms of premierships and prelim finals. And, you you know, arguably the best player in the game during that era, um, playing for them as well. So, so to do it against that quality team and to back it up, I think that solidifies ourselves as a really worthy winner of, of both those flags. So that was really satisfying, I felt. And um, and I and and on a selfish point of view, I had a bit more preparation to be able to enjoy the after, after the game with my family, which I didn't really get to organise within the first time yeah. round. So to be able to share it with mum and dad and my brother and other family and, and a couple of close friends who were all at the, the function after the game. That was something that I'll, I'll you know, treasure those, those times. Mark, I've never asked you this. I, I don't think I've ever asked uh, anyone I was involved in in a premiership team. But, but being a captain of it, I mean, that you know, that there is a little sea after it. You know, not everyone gets that. It's a rarefied air. What, what's it actually meant to Mark Bickley to be captain of that first ever premiership side at the Adelaide Crows? <clears throat> Yeah, um, I think you might have said to me after the game, this will be a life changer for you, Mark. <laughs> and, and it has turned out yeah. to be that in a lot of ways because it does afford you a lot of opportunities, um, you know, whether it's going on to do some coaching or other things in life. You know, like you said, it's a, very few people um, reach that, that opportunity or that standard and, and get to there if they, if they haven't done a few things right along the way. And I think, uh, and it does give you a bit of confidence as well, you know, to think that, you know, for those couple of years that, that, you know, in that leadership position, we're able to do a lot of things right. And like I say, align a group of men to to set out to do something and then move and diligently move towards it and achieve it. I think that, that takes a fair bit of um, skill to be able to, to be a part of that. Now, I'm not saying that I did it on my own because we were very much a... Um, a collegiate approach with you know blokes like Nigel and Sean Wren and Mark Rusciuto and uh, Pito and Jamo and all those sort of older guys. So you know we we sort of felt that early on we and Sean Wren I should have put in there as well. We we shared the load in terms of leadership and that was probably something that was a little bit unusual compared to some of the other teams at that time. You know Wayne Carey was captain of North Melbourne and it was just get on my back boys and and it tended to be that the best player was the captain and we certainly didn't have that feeling amongst our team. We were certainly much more evenly spread, and I think that worked in our favour. Bix, when you look at that side, when um, you had very good players before Blighty got there, but when he got there, he got the success. And you look at a, a Benny Hart, McLeod, Edwards, um, Rashudo, all 300 games plus. Um, you got Rennie, yourself, and Nigel Smart. I mean, all those players are... Okay. Yeah, house, household names. I mean, some amazing players there, and, and some of the legends of the game. Yeah, I had this discussion with Malcolm the other night when we were having a chat about, at the time, when you look back, you know, I think that during the pandemic, they played all those old uh, games and the, the prelim final and the grand finals. When people look back and they say, look at all the stars in that team, I think what they forget is at the time, 
you know, Goody was playing his his tenth game, so yeah, yeah. You, you weren't to know that he was going to go on and be a five time All Australian. And you know, same with Kane Johnson, was a teenager in in '97. He goes on to you know captain an AFL club in Richmond and be you know a great player as well. And you know, Tyson Edwards had been sort of still finding his way until sort of late in the season he got back into the side. And, and you know, he went on to be you know one of the games just great players and 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 great teammates. So you know, at the time. Sort of, there's a, a different feel about it because we had these sort of young players coming up, and even Rue, Rue would want a best and fairest, but you know, Rue's an eight-time All-Australian and a Brownlow medalist. So you know, like I think a lot of players, you know, and maybe it's a little bit to the point uh, I made a little bit earlier. When you win a flag as a younger player, it does give you the confidence and the self-belief to be able to yep. move forward with your career. And I think all those players we've mentioned, you know, and Benny Hart, Benny Hart, I think was a star already, but. Um, yeah, it was, when you look back now, yeah, Darren Jarman, who was phenomenal in both oh, those games, and probably eight or ten players in, you know, present company excluded, who were just going to be greats of the game. And, and there's probably six or seven who are already in the AFL Hall of Fame. So, um, yeah, once again, you need all those things to come together. And, and they're a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You have success, so you're looked upon you know, in better standing as well, I guess. So they, they both feed into each other. People often say, Rashido McLeod, take your pick and three hard to, to find who, who's the greatest crow. When you first saw them, Bix, come to the club as, as young kids, did you immediately think, wow, or did one impression more than the other? Or how did it work when you saw McLeod and Rashido join Adelaide? Yeah, look, I have this memory of Mark Rashido playing his playing very early on in his career. It might have been his first game or his first couple of games. He played Hawthorne at the MCG. And he was playing on Tony Hall. And Tony Hall had just come off a cracking year. And he's one of the really good players in the AFL. And, and Rue tackled him over the boundary line. And, um, and Rue ended up on top of him. And as, he, as Rue was getting up, Tony Hall grabbed Rue's Guernsey to try and sort of pull himself up while, as Rue stood up. And Rue just gave him a little sort of one foot sort of short sort of palm into the chest and put him flat on his back. I think Rue was about 17 at the oh. time. And I thought... Oh boy, this guy here—he's—he's he's got something, you know. He just had that. He had self-belief, and and it's it's so interesting, you know. We talk about uh, more recently around Neil Curley and and that persona that he had. Um, and I know they were great friends, but but Rue's a similar type guy. He's a, he's a man's man to to coin a phrase, and and he's rough and he's tough and he, he's very forthright. He says what he thinks, and and um, and and he had that as a 17 year old lad, and he still got it right now. Whereas Andrew was a lot more circumspect, you know. Like I think Andrew really grew once he he became comfortable in his surroundings, and that took a little time during uh, 95 and 96. But boy, when he got comfortable in the surroundings, he got the confidence of the coach and the other players. He was just so dynamic and and um, I often you know whenever I get asked it's impossible to split them and, and I always describe it as depending on what job you want you know and, and if you go into your toolbox <laughs> if you had to pick out a tool Rue would be a sledgehammer and and Andy McLeod would be a scalpel so depending on whether you're operating on someone or knocking down a wall when they say which is the best player what's the situation because they you know Andy could cut through you like a knife and Rue would just go straight through so they're different uh, for for many reasons, and and I, you know, I, I often think Benny Hart is is sometimes left out of that conversation, but he's just he was such an amazing player, and to be all Australian in his first year when he was built like a pencil, 
and he played fullback and and along with Nigel played on some of the games all time greats the Lockett Dunstall. Um, you know, John Longmire, Ablett. all those players. Ablett, yeah. Ablett, yeah, were kicking hundreds of, of goals. That That's no mean feat. And and there wasn't the rules, um, you know, to help you as well as defenders. And back then it was one-on-one footy. There wasn't teams flooding the back line. So for what he was given uh, and the way he used that, those attributes, I think he's an absolute superstar as well. Mark, just in closing, I mean, it was a great weekend and well done by the club and the Adelaide Crows and all the people involved. And it was just all staff and all, you know, all sorts of people involved. Um, but sitting there, actually, I was sitting with Simon uh, Goodwin and, and Mark Rusciuto and Reedy and, you know, all the guys in, in watching the game against Carlton on, on Saturday night. You know, the first 10 or 15 minutes, I said, geez, the Crows are quick. They're in control of this game from almost go, word go. It was, it was not a surprise that they actually ended up really dominating the game. Yeah, actually, I was, you know, I wasn't far away and I had a chat with Goody at halftime and, yeah. and we sat down just in the early in the third and he said, they're actually dominating this yeah. game. They just at that stage weren't able to put it onto the scoreboard but then then they just started to, to actually got a couple on the scoreboard and they got a bit comfortable three or four goals in front but you're right, their pressure was the thing. You know, they, they didn't allow Carlton their game and, and Carlton would have been disappointed with, with some of the stuff they, they served up. They just couldn't get any flow whatsoever from uh, from their own back half. I think they Crows kicked six goals from turnovers in their in their front half of their ground whereas um, and and Adelaide had sixty five entries. I yeah. think that's yeah. the most by some way yeah. of what they've been able to do this year. So no surprise when they've got probably three or four forwards in pretty good nick at the moment. So if you get it in there sixty five times you're probably gonna have a pretty good night, whereas Carlton just couldn't transition it from their, their D50 to their, their forward 50, even though they had the three big guns up forward. And a lot of that was, you know, Saad, he, he's an integral player in the way they rebound. And, and Matthew Nix uh, had a really good plan with him and Keyes did that really well. And yeah, so I think Adelaide would have been really pleased with the weekend in terms of the effort, the planning, the execution of the plan. You know, you must know that, Malcolm. It's it's good when a plan comes together. Yeah, it is. yeah, wish it happened more often. Oh, but Blighty's happy. <laughs> Big speakers with him. Ernst of Warrell, I know it's only one game. Oh. He's been calling for Day to be either forward or, or midfield down the track. And that, that could work if you if you got another a string to your bow down back. Oh, well, I had the same discussion. You know, when um, you look at Adelaide's midfield on the weekend, and he had four guys go through the middle. It was Laird, Saligo, Schomburg, and Berry. And, they're all under six foot, you know, they're all five eleven, And so you need some bigger bodies through the middle. So whether I mentioned maybe Jordan Dawson, who's played a bit of time on the wing, he, could he uh, graduate to the middle? And I only say that in terms of preference to do Because I think Dawson's a better kick. And if you get him kicking it in the front half of the ground, I think mm. that could be handy for Adelaide. But any combination of some of those bigger guys who you can get through the middle, I just think it helps. History says in the last couple of years, you know, whether it be, Oliver, Petrarca, Bontempelli, Dangerfield, uh, Martin, you know, they've all played on the last yeah. Saturday in September. Yeah. So you need to have a couple of, you know, Dunkley's another one from uh, and McRae are all around 190. You know, those teams that play in the grand final, they generally have two or three bigger bodies that are able to just crash through and, and mm. get it moving their way. So I think as as good as Laird and, and the promise that those young guys show, you just have to have... It's just a different look and a different balance, you know, a bit like Rashudo and McLeod. You know, um, you just you, you need a bit of light and shade. You need different players who have different skills and and uh, to be able to apply them in different ways. So, 
I like the balance. And when I was, I was mentioning to someone today about Port Adelaide and and I think the introduction of Rosie into the middle along with Ollie Wines and if, if Zach Butters can have a really good pre-season next year, they are three players who are all different. Butters has sideways movement and really good agility. Rosie's got a burst of speed and he plays, you know, he loves the forward half and kicking a goal and Wines is that the ball. So, you know, that, that's something, if you had that mix, I reckon Ken Hinkley would be pretty happy with that if, if Rosie and Butters could de- continue to develop. So that's what I think Adelaide need to look at, getting a couple of different strings to their bow through the middle of players that look a bit different and are a bit different shapes and sizes. Bex, you're a star. Thank yeah. you, Tom, and congratulations on the 25th anniversary. Yeah. Body had a good time, and yeah. it sounds like the boys did. It was a, nah. a well, well reunion, M. Bickley. <laughs> yeah, love, <laughs> love having a chat with you again. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm, we'll catch up soon, mate. Good on you. Great stuff, Bix. Mark Bickley yeah. there. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.